Welcome to Biz Takeouts, Biz Communities, sound bite-sized news to go. Made possible by ACA, Association for Communications and Advertising. I'm your host, Ritendo Nyamuda. Coming up on today's show, Anne Nirok, Senior Partner at Relationship Audits and Management, in conversation with Rory Sang Setlochelo, Managing Director and Founder of Roth Media Productions. In nine years, I have never been invited to a pitch. In nine years, I have never been able to crack that. And it is absolutely discouraging, I think, because we have so much to offer and we want to make our voices heard. We want to lead creative work. We're so passionate about, you know, representation. We're so passionate about nuanced African communication. Of course, we want to participate. Um, it is the reason we start um, these agencies and we leave the bigger agencies or we leave corporates to really bring a new offering and a new nuanced messaging and a way of packaging communication to our consumers. It's time for Biz Takeouts. And you are a prominent figure in the advertising space. And at the beginning of lockdown and the global pandemic, you used your wealth of experience and reputation in the advertising industry sector to offer a free mentorship program for small transformed agencies. Can you tell us what prompted you to do this and what the mentorship entails? I decided to offer this to the small transformed and black owned agencies because I felt that during this pandemic, a lot of them may not have the resources or the big business to survive the lockdown period. If you compare them to some of their big, larger counterparts who have big financial resources and have retainers type business, they were in a better position. So I wanted to work with, um, and as it happens, I have chosen three agencies are out of a selection process um, that I'm working with for three months and then the following three months I'll go on and choose another three agencies. Wow that is absolutely amazing and it is certainly a benefit to those you are impacting as well. Rory I want to find out from you your company Roth Media is a hundred percent black owned female owned can you share what kinds of clients you currently look after, the services you provide, your staff complements, suppliers, promoters? What makes up your ecosystem of your organization? And why particularly is this conversation important to why a seat at the pitch table is so important? Okay. Well, we are about nine years old in September this year. And we represent um, 25 clients on our books, uh, a lot of them being brand houses and having sub-brands within that. So we would have and look after Nestle, and there we look after Rick Coffee, Nescafe Classic. We look after um, the brands that live within that portfolio. We look after their um, brand derivatives like cappuccino, et cetera. We would look after um, at Pernod Ricard, for example. We look after Mormon Martel, Perioduet. And then we also look after um, the newly won Inverosh and the newly won Malfi. So we're now in the gins portfolio as well. Our clients include um, tech companies. Our clients include um, banks. Our clients include, um, even as far as in the agricultural industry, we look after the Produce Marketing Association. And um, we have a rich, 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 diverse portfolio of clients, which keep us on our toes and um, allows us to really bring all our different strengths and expertise to the work that we do. We have a wonderful luxury portfolio. Um, we have great mass brands. So my team of 25 
full-timers and five contractors really get to sink their teeth into some of the most amazing brands in the country. And I think what makes them special is they've had great tenacity over COVID and we've been able to really keep the momentum, the culture, and just the vibe that we bring and energy and creativity we bring to our clients. I think if you look at our suppliers, we have a good 200 suppliers to 300 suppliers that Roth looks after. These are people that um, receive briefs from us and service our business and our clients. And together we grow these clients and we're all vested in their growth. We have a good 300 promoters who are people that typically do activation work, you know, ambassadorial work. These are people that are on the ground with consumers every day. And of course, they've been impacted in this time, but we've been able to pivot them to some digital work and some um, social and community work. So we really have a massive ecosystem that um, we take care of. It feels big for us because, you know, we know how important it is for us to kind of just ensure we are sharing and changing lives and collaborating together. And we know it could be even bigger. Mm. And from your perspective, and also based on the mentorship program that you have started, what are the current challenges and frustrations that are facing small black owned agencies? So Ritinja, I think that's a really good question. And the biggest challenge that these agencies are finding is they cannot get onto any pitch lists. So one of the criteria for the agencies that I selected was that they needed to have a staff complement of between five and 20. So it puts them in the real small agency category. However, it's a chicken and egg situation because if they are not getting onto pitch lists and they're not winning projects or business from big clients, they're going to remain small. And my fear is that they, they're going to remain small and some of them could even fall away, which is going to be an absolute travesty to the industry because these are very creative, very entrepreneurial young people who are running these agencies and they need to succeed. But if they are not being given a seat at the table, they're not going to get big enough business in order to do that. Um, you know, I think... There's one of my, my mentees, which is an, a very creative agency called Think Creative, um, and they are getting projects which are being pitched out by DSTV, and they pitch for these projects, they've won a few of them, and this is the type of work that they need to get. They need to get big brand work in order to survive. But unless they are knocking at the doors and actually making an effort to do this, they are not getting onto pitch lists. And I've been mentoring over the years, um, Rory and Roth Media, who I think have the same issue. I mean, I don't know if Rory, want, Rory wants to elaborate on, on the fact that they're not getting onto pitch lists. Mm, yes, definitely, because Rory, for you as well, you're, you're not necessarily a small agency or you're kind of in between that small and medium kind of yeah. space. Um, and you've yes. just mentioned also some of the clients that are on your, on your database and on your list. So technically, naturally, one would assume that you, you're on the pitch list, you have everything coming through. What are the frustrations you're facing and why are you facing those challenges as well? I think for us, um, you know, we've been lucky enough to have stakeholders and friends in the industry like Anne Rock, you know, who keep us encouraged, right? And, you know, they, they help us to, you know, stay the course in the sense that the change will come. 
But essentially, the first thing I did sitting at this agency nine years ago was to take a really big drive to get onto all the pitch lists and really sell in our team, sell in the fact that we are this uh, uh, black woman-owned, woman-run agency. And this is nine years ago. This is 2011 that I um, start this agency. And I focus all of my work and attention on the pitch um, the pitch list and getting onto them. And in nine years, I have never been invited to a pitch. In nine years, I have never been able to crack that. And it is absolutely discouraging, I think, because we have so much to offer and we want to make our voices heard. We want to lead creative work. We're so passionate about you know, representation. We're so passionate about nuanced African communication. Of course, we want to participate. Um, it is the reason we start um, these agencies and we leave the bigger agencies or we leave corporates to really bring a new offering and a new nuanced messaging and a way of packaging communication to our consumers. And to not be able to crack this in nine years has been extremely frustrating. So and is 100% right. We have to go out there, we have to break down doors, we have to keep that going. Um, and we have to stay encouraged. And that may be the hardest bit. You know, I am at the precipice of growing into a medium-sized agency, or I could very well not make it. And it's just because of opportunity, and it shouldn't be that way. And as someone who's been in the industry for over 30 years, I want to find out what is the status of women leadership within the industry? How has it changed over the years? So Rutendra, let's just be clear, I don't run an agency anymore. I have the privilege of actually measuring and optimizing the relationships between the agencies and their clients. I'm not directly involved. However, um, when I was running Gray in 2007, eight of the top 10 agencies were run by women. And it was a very diverse group of people, of women. Um, and I don't believe that those statistics still exist. Um, I can't categorically give you the statistics, but I don't think that women leadership in the industry um, has remained at that level. I know that every single one of those women that were part of the group have left the industry. So... I'm not sure why women are not actually getting to that level again. Wow. Why are they wanting to? And Rory, from your perspective, do you know perhaps what the number of women, uh, black female-owned agencies are or black-owned agencies in general? No. So I think um, I agree with Anne. I don't have the you know exact numbers, but I would say that the numbers do feel to have dwindled a lot over the years. I cannot think of another um, Black-owned agency when I'm speaking about, you know, obviously just the top 10. Um, when I'm speaking about smaller agencies that are trying to come up, there's a great number of women there, you know, um, but they do operate from a place where they've been given designated places, you know, that are allowable. And I was making a point that, you know, it seems to be okay for women to lead, you know, PR agencies, women to lead events companies um, and, and production houses. But, you know, women don't seem to have any representation in the bigger, through the line, um, above the line um, agencies. The big agencies seem to still be, by and large, male-run right now. And that has to change. Um, coming up, I had women to look up to, you know, in the 10 years ago that, that Anne is speaking to, 
there were women leading agencies. There were women leading, um, you know, massive divisions of big international agencies. And I could look at that and, and know what I wanted to become. And that's why representation is so important. If we see ourselves, we, we can mirror, we can observe, we can hope um, to be included and to try for things that um, are greater than us. If we are only kind of designated to these low corners, then there we will stay. So one of the boldest and most stubborn things I did was to position my agency as a creative communications agency um, and build a, a skills deck and a capabilities deck um, with that in mind, because I want to scale to be a big player, a big um, woman run agency so that people can look up to that and know that it's possible. Mm. And Anne's mentioned, and you've also mentioned this pitch list. So what exactly is this pitch list? How does one get on the pitch list? What is that? If you could unpack that process for us. We go out and we have clients that put out massive, you know, briefs and uh, massive pitches into the industry. And they would be facilitated and overseen by pitch consultants. These pitch consultants have a very important role to play in transformation because they decide almost the mix of the collective of agencies that they're presenting forward to the clients based on criteria. So if you can imagine it, um, they would go and they would represent um, X amount of agencies and say, these are the ones that meet the criteria. Um, client, this is who I think you should take your, your brief forward with. And from there, the clients would then start the pitch process and end up with an agency, right? This is so critical because if you cannot crack that list, um, you will not be in that, in, that, in that meeting. You will not be at that briefing. You will not have a seat at the table. So it is actually quite critical. But I think, you know, it is not the only issue. There are clients that themselves don't set up criteria that benefits or is advantageous to small agencies. Um, they can set up criteria that disqualifies small agencies very, very quickly. You know, so it's about having um, a synergy and a really strong partnership where clients set up criteria that allows small agencies like mine and even smaller, incredible creatives, phenomenal people who know how to carry messaging to our consumers and to Africans um, on a day-by-day -day basis and ensure that we are making it possible for them to have a seat at the table. And this is, you know, partly owned by the pitch consultants who are obviously, um, you know, needing to do the work and get passionate about understanding and knowing the small business environment and what it looks like. And of course, the clients and the criteria that they set up. And I think you get clients who are so passionate about ensuring that work is shared and you get clients who are just comfortable to just really, you know, work with a known scalable agency, you know, mitigate risk in that way. Um, but I think they they take a, a, a very dangerous approach because you lose some of the most creative and critical voices at the table. And mm -hmm. diversity is such an advantage. Diversity is one of the biggest advantages ever. If you look at our country, if you look at the world, anything that has been pulled from a melting pot is absolutely um, incredibly, incredibly nuanced and connects better and represents us better. So it's so important to have more voices at the table. And I really want to champion that. See, I think the thing is, um, I don't think the blame can be laid at any particular um, party, whether it's the pitch consultants, the clients, even the agencies themselves. But this has been spoken about for so long, and I've sat in so many webinars recently where everybody's talking about transformation, and transformation particularly with regard to these young entrepreneurs. And 
it just seems that everybody's talking, but who's doing anything about it? I mean, let's be real. We, nobody expects a big client to give their entire business to a small agency. It's not going to happen, and it shouldn't happen. But the thing is that there needs to be some way where it's not procurement ticking the box with the pitch consultants. It's where maybe there's a small portion of the budget that's put aside that actually the smaller agencies can pitch for those pieces of business um, so that they can grow project by project. So I think it's a collective that everybody needs to work on this to try and help these small agencies um, thrive and grow to become bigger agencies. Mm. And, and I'd, I'd like to actually ask, even within your mentorship program, is there a particular way that you are um, advising your mentees to perhaps approach these these clients or even whether it's a collaboration with some of the bigger agencies? So I haven't got to that stage as yet. At the moment, what I'm doing is working through their credentials because, I mean, I only started this mentorship program on the 1st of July and um, I'm trying to get there, working with them to get their credentials to a place where they can actually pitch with them and they look terrific. Um, so that's the first thing. Secondly, I have said to a lot of them, they need to also do their bit in making themselves noticed. They need to get some PR for themselves. They need to knock at doors. They need to do um, things like that. So I'm working with them slowly in building that and then also bringing in um, specialist people to assist, say, with their costings there and just to get the agency to a point where if they do get onto a pitch list or a client does approach them, they're in a position where they look great. Mm. I really appreciate what you've said now about getting the credentials in check, getting the costing in check, getting essentially your books and what your company mm. is about in check. Because when the, when the clients come through and maybe when collaboration opportunities come through, you want to be prepared. You don't want to be running around trying to figure out uh, how things are supposed to work because you want to essentially put your best foot forward to say, yes, you've given us the opportunity and we're going to execute and deliver far better than you actually ex uh, even expected. Because oftentimes people, people are waiting to say, look, we told you so. We gave them an opportunity and we told you so. So thank you for, for pointing that out as well. And a question to you both is, it, it is definitely evident that the way forward and a sustainable future in the industry does involve inclusivity, diversity, more female representation, more entrepreneurship focused um, you know, aspects. We want to look at black owned representation and companies being featured. In your opinions, what are you proposing are real solutions? I think, look, this, this um, webinar is also hosted, co-hosted by the ACA, and I know that they are really trying to also deliver transformation to the smaller agencies. I think the agency, the industry bodies, the ACA, the IAB need to get, get involved. Well, they are involved, but they need to push this further. I also think, I mean, there are certain clients who really are doing this, um, who are giving projects to smaller black-owned agencies. I know Nedbank do it, DSTV do it, Pono Ricard do it. But I think more clients need to look at giving projects to small black agencies. And then I think also some of the bigger ad agencies, the bigger groups need to collaborate with, with these agencies. I'll give you an example. One of my mentees, 
is a media agency called Black Market Media. And they went into the SA Tourism pitch with the Media Shop, which is probably the biggest media company in the, in the country. And they, the Media Shop collaborated with them. And so when the Media Shop won the SAT business, Black Market Media landed up getting 30% of the business. Now that's a great, great story start for them. I mean, they have other clients, but that's a great initiative. And if, they, if that could be done more often. So I think, again, it's a collective. I think everybody has to focus on how we the industry supports um, these young entrepreneurial agencies. Mm -hmm. And Rory, for you, do you agree with Anne or do you have anything to add to what she's just said? I agree with her 100% and I have... Um, my own experience to add, right? I think about the year that my business took a pivot and started scaling and started growing. And that year we had been doing um, projects on Unilever. And that year we had um, began a client relationship with Nescafe. This is year three of our nine years now. You can imagine the last six years servicing a business like uh, Nestle has meant loads of growth, loads of opportunity for us. It's allowed us to take the work that we do into Africa. And these sorts of wins are incredibly significant because overnight I went from, you know, a very, 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 um, and, and I'm a small player, <laughs> listen, but I went from almost just irrelevant and just knocking down doors and not feeling seen or being visible and not being able to contribute. And just because a business like Nestle decided to partner and work with a small woman-run, black-owned agency, it completely changed the trajectory of our business. Now, the fact that Nestle had trusted us with um, creative work, with content work, with eventing work, with um, digital work, with um, strategy, that started to bring a whole new collective of um, clients and opportunities and started putting us in rooms we could not have accessed on our own. And that is so, so critical. And the first thing that I did when this happened on, on um, Unilever and, and Nestle, in that year, I brought in an even smaller agency, um, a company called Duma Collective. I actually pitch against them now. Um, at Perno and across the board, but I brought them in to um, to be our uh, small supplier on that uh, project and to really work with us on that project because I knew that if they get to work on Aramat in year one of their business and if they get to work on Nestle um, and and Perno Ricard and all of these fantastic brands in year one of their business, that six years down the line, this is my competition. But it's the healthiest sort of competition because there's actually enough work for everyone. And if we're all empowering each other, you wouldn't believe it. Just the other day, she will call me and say, Raw, I need you to service this for me. These are your expertise. And I am able to do the same for her. You create um, a sharing economy. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot more sustainable than closing doors, um, not making ourselves available. But more importantly, clients have to be bold. They have to be bold and they have to change the status quo. And when clients take that bold step, they can insist upon it from their procurement teams. They can insist upon it from their pitch uh, consultants and say, hey, 
this is our mandate. We don't want it to be a box-ticking exercise, exactly to Anne's point. We want it to actually touch the heart of the matter. We want to see agencies like this in the room. Um, please make sure that we are speaking to people like this so that they can deliver work for us and we can be part of the change. We collaborate with so many big agencies on, um, on that very Nestle work I was referring to earlier. Um, we've worked with Publicist Machine on, on, on the Nescafe business for a while. We've worked with McCann on, on Cremora, with Boomtown on Rick Hoffy. Um, all of these big agencies and what they bring to the table, you know, we are able to sit and contribute and, and share the work and share the, the, the creative. And, you know, we all become custodians of these brands that are so much more um, enriched for having all of these representative voices in the room. You know, it's such a win-win. And it, it really, to Anne's point, the conversation keeps carrying. But actually, there are specific things we can do to move the needle. And I'm living testament to that. Um, I've been able to empower others with the little that I have, and I've been empowered because of the clients that have really taken a strong stand to say, these are the agencies that actually understand our consumers and we want to move forward with them. We want to take that risk on them. And would you agree? Absolutely. I think it's about taking a risk, but I also think the risk is not that big if you're giving a couple of projects to these agencies. And again, you know, I'll stress you don't have to give the entire business because that is too risky to a small agency. But to give projects or pitch projects to those agencies and also um, make sure that the marketing team is more involved in the pitch process than procurement. Because what procurement are going to do, they're going to look at the agencies and, and tick the boxes. And unfortunately, when you do that and you've got an agency who's got seven people who are permanent staff and then the rest are, you know, uh, they call think Permanences. <laughs> so they bring in the best of breed for a particular job, which I think is a, is a great model in order to keep your cost down. But if you're going to just look at that agency based on, on the paper, on paper, they, they're not going to tick boxes. So that's where there has to be some level of risk of going out and saying, well, why don't we pitch a project to them? Why don't they look at it? And that's the way they're going to grow. Um, so that I think, in, and I think it's a collective responsibility of everybody in the industry. Mm. As we are in Women's Month, you are both two inspiring women uh, who are working tirelessly in the, in, in, in the industry, even having these conversations. Sometimes these conversations are had behind closed doors and we don't often hear what female leaders are wanting to say. Um, we've spoken about equal representation at the boardroom table as well. Do you have any last few words for women out there who are women stepping into the spaces, into the agencies um, within South Africa? Well, I just want to say one thing. I mean, I don't know if it was really a happy Women's Day mm -hmm. because I think until this country sorts out its gender-based violence, I don't know how happy women can be. And I think that that pandemic right now is far greater than the COVID pandemic. And yes, I mean, there are lots of inspiring things that I can say to young women coming into the industry. But honestly and truly, I think we need to sort out the basic issues that we have in this country. And I know Rory feels passionately about it. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I'm not ending on the note you would like, but I think that it's a really important um, conversation that needs to be had um, in this country 
regarding gender-based violence. I, I really appreciate your sentiments yeah. and thoughts on that. I think it is very easy. That's why I said we shouldn't just be celebrating a woman's month or a woman's day is yeah. sometimes we sugarcoat things. We have to point out aspects and say, look, yes, it's women's month, but let's talk about gender-based violence. Let's talk about um, how we can, as you said, um, fix this pandemic, which is destroying this country as well. So yeah. thank you for that, Anne. And Rory, anything to, to add on that? I 100% echo what Anne has just said. Gender-based violence is a cause that um, is very close to my heart. Um, I think it even stretches into this conversation because women go through so much microaggression. Can you just imagine um, being, you know, in a position where you're able to influence transformation and work that gives opportunity to others, but having your voice silenced, having your voice undermined, having your voice chipped away and having your voice just literally ignored um, in the boardrooms where you're supposed to be creating impact and doing the little bit that you can. So I think at a societal level, this pandemic is massive and it has to be addressed. Um, if we're going to have change, you know, women have had to be so bold. Women have had to be so daring. They've had to take on so much for so many years. And to Anne's point, was it a happy woman's day when, you know, you just look at your feed and, and your heart just sinks really. So I know what it is to be in a corporate and to be fighting to find my voice. I know what it is to be a a Black-owned, woman-run agency and being the MD that's sometimes the youngest um, and the Black or the woman or the female one and having that undermined. And, and you can attest to just years in, in, in the industry being a woman leader and just the work you've had to do to lead the way for us that are coming after you. And this work is still needing to be done. It's still needing to be done. So everywhere I go, I try to take the approach of not victim blaming, you know, um, I don't blame women um, for what they are able or are not able to do. They're doing the best that they can. When I say to you that every big client opportunity I've ever received has been from um, a woman, I'm not kidding. They build community wherever they go. So I think the work that needs to happen in this country is that we just have to be extremely intolerant of gender-based violence and what we go through and create spaces that support women, including our corporates, including the, the pitch consultants that we're speaking to right now, including the procurement teams that are, you know, having a community agenda and having an agenda to transform and to represent um, strength and support as well as opportunity to women and having that play an advantage because it does. Women build so much community around what they do. They manage to give back so much more because of how they share, because of the philosophy and the nurturing, um, because of just the, the thinking for others and thinking about the collective at all times. You know, women build in ways that you cannot imagine. So in this month, I'm aware that, you know, even as we discuss transformation, I wonder how many voices are silenced that are trying to do the work me and Anna are trying to do in, in, in gender-based violence. So it just has you thinking and, and it, it just shows us that the issue itself is not... Um, it's, it's dynamic, you know, it's not sort of like just a, a single lens of transformation. It's transformation and it's definitely support and change um, with regards to the experiences of women in this country, for sure. And that's a wrap on today's show. Biz Takeouts. Take it where you like it, when you like it, how you like it.